Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. So next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. Where did the phrase tough titty come from? Like, did somebody, like, was somebody just shit out of luck and the person's next to him just, like, had really hard boobs? Sure. This sounds like a really bad workshop stand-up bit from some guy Mm -hmm. that now is, like, a barista somewhere. What is up with tits that are tough? That's Seinfeld. Seinfeld's that a... that was your impression of Seinfeld. Do it again. What is up with titties? <laughs> what was the impersonation I tried the other day that they like, were like, "Ooh, hold on, we'll have to bring me bring this to the show." No, I completely. Damn it! What was it? It actually I wasn't that bad. I blocked that out completely. Oh come on, man! Mm-mm-mm. You don't remember what it was? No. Oh, that's a shame. It was gonna be good. Was it? It was. It actually was. I was like, I gotta remember this, and then I. I, I and then you didn't, so it must not have been that good. If no. you're new here, we're married, and we like to make fun of each other, and we have a lot of movies that we're trying to get through, so we uh, alternate drawing them randomly out of a box and nominating them back and forth, and we watch them and we talk about them and we have a good time. It's January twentieth, twenty twenty one, a wonderful day in our nation's history. Oh, I just feel the weight <gasps> off your shoulders. Yeah, okay. The weight well, off your chest. All right, well. The weight. I still got weight in my legs, my head, <laughs> weight other places. Well, hopefully the weight is a little hopefully, bit. Hopefully this this will be upward trajectory yes. now, which is great. Um, typically how we start the show is we talk about what's going on in our lives, anything outside the parameters of the show that we've watched, and we actually have watched some some things that we'd like to talk about. We did on Monday. It was my birthday. Happy birthday, you old piece of shit. <laughs> it was my birthday. Uh, we had a, a fun birthday weekend. I played oh, some, sure. I played some poker with uh, some friends online. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Worked a lot. Like, not worked that much over the mm, weekend. You worked like 12 hours no, not cumulatively. Over, not, the, not the weekend. The previous weekend I did. Um, Sunday... I don't know what day it is. What, what the fuck did we do Sunday? <laughs> we went and hung out with your mom, so I think that's really appropriate. Yep. I think that's so appropriate. Yep, we spent the day in... I went and got, by myself, $40 worth of barbecue at Smoky Bones, because I've never been to Smoky Bones, and then I walked around a furniture store for two hours. Happy fucking birthday to me. Um... But I had fun because I was the one. You did like you did like almost twenty thousand steps that day, though. True, because I walked around an antique mall and bought some things. And you had also run that morning, right? Yeah, I think I did. Check out uh, my Instagram at yourhostmall38 and not jam with your Sam. Um, Why would you do that? Well, because yours doesn't have anything going on. Mine has boxing friends where I show the fun things that I buy on the weekend, like the stuff I bought at the antique mall. 
And then for my actual birthday, we went and spent a day together uh, shopping. We went to see a if I ever malls. do that again. Went to a couple malls. Went to my favorite restaurant, Yummy House. Uh, tried to have his we normal were day. Very safe. Very safe. Very sanitized. Up the entire time. Very sanitized, sanitized. Like crazy. Yes. Um, and yeah, had a good fun day. And then we came home. <coughs> and kind of a not a formal tradition, but I want to say definitely before Jillian. Um, every year for my birthday, we like would go to like Universal or Disney or something. And at the end of the night, we would go to Disney Springs or City Walk, and we'd go see a movie I really, really wanted to go see. Um, that's the first time we saw Whiplash, is just as an example. There's other ones there I'm not remembering off the top of my head. Um, and obviously can't go to theaters. Well, we, we could, but we decided not We're to. We're not that reckless. Um, because, We're a little reckless. We're not that reckless. But we did have like a random iTunes gift card that now with uh, Amazon Music, we don't music, need to use yeah. to buy albums or anything. So I was like, well, let's use it for a rental for a movie I've been dying to watch. So we rented Promising Young Woman on uh, iTunes, Apple Movies. I don't know what the fuck it's called nowadays. And I've been dying to watch it ever since the trailer came out mm-hmm. at the beginning of 2020. And of course, the movie got pushed back. Like, like everything else. And now the Oscar season is upon us, and it's getting significant buzz, particularly for Carrie Mulligan's performance. And I... Uh, rightfully so. Yeah, I wanted to... I've avoided spoilers and was able to watch it, you know, without any knowledge of what was actually going to happen. And I loved it. Thought it, was it was so great. So great. I love the twist in it. I just... I really loved it. Yeah, it's it's a hard watch. <laughs> it's a hard watch, and it's... A hard subject matter, especially sure. when I went back and I read what they likened it to and why they chose the title of the movie mm-hmm. um, because of the whole Brock Turner uh, fiasco, if you will, because he was a promising I'm young sorry, you man. sorry, you mean convicted rapist Brock Turner. If, if, if we're going to be a podcast and we're going to be an internet thing, uh, it's very, very popular whenever he comes up on Reddit to make sure that you... Uh, quote him as convicted rapist well, Brock he, Turner. So that way, in case there's any Google searches, those two words are always in front of his name. So I think sure. that that is the most amazing thing yeah. ever. Yes. Thank so I want to make so, sure I correct it. Thank you so much for yeah. for for catching me on that. I'm not I'm not up on Reddit. I, yeah. If you do follow me on Instagram at Jam with Your Sam, you'll see my posts are few and far between because I have no semblance of social media presence or anything sure. like that. But. Um, I just thought it was brilliantly done, and if you know me in my real life, or if you listen to me on my soapbox at all, you'll know the things that I stand for, and and um, how uh, Mullen and I have watched, I think, every episode of Law & Order SVU, even the most recent ones that are... Dog shit. I can't wait for Christopher Maloney to come back. Um, so, I mean, I just thought that they took that, and I think that they did Don't such a great job. compare that movie to Law & Order SVU. Not Law & Order SVU. I meant the God. Brock Turner, convicted rapist Brock Turner um, situation. And, like, they, like, put this spin on it. And I loved it. Yeah, I thought it, it was so brilliant. Wonderfully performed. Uh, great job. Specifically wonderfully casted. Really um, well cast. Particularly for all of the male characters mm-hmm. having came from some sort of comedic, yes. innocent, well-liked backgrounds. I, yes. Pitch yes. Perfect. Really great. Uh, not like the movie. Was anybody in Pitch Oh, no. Uh, McLovin. Uh, 
yeah. But but still, like perfect casting. Um, I thought it was wonderfully written and also beautifully directed and shot. It had a specific look to it. Um, yeah. I absolutely loved it. It was it was. I think it is sadly not going to sneak into the best picture conversation. But I think Carrie Mulligan really she did better get nominated because she did job. an incredible job in this. She um, really did. I mean, and I just, don't know. And this just goes to show one more time. Oh, actually, was Scott the one that liked him? Never mind. Yeah. Scott was the one that liked Bill Burnham? Probably. Okay. I well, mean, come on. Probably. Well, let's ask him now what he's done, and he'll have no answer. It's like, oh, cool. Been nominated for multiple awards and is actually a really good actor. So thanks for stop following him, you putts. Um, so, yeah, so check out Promising a Woman. Definitely, definitely do that. Anything else? We know. Nothing else we well, watched. Well, I mean, we've been we've been up on TV. We are, we caught the first two episodes of WandaVision. Which oh, true. That's true, what's true. aired since we're recording this. Yes. So we watched that. Where, yes. um, yeah, we. else? And we've watched. So <clears throat> we're going to be recording two episodes tonight because yeah. my work schedule is insane, bonkers. I worked uh, over ten hours today with no lunch break, um, just out of necessity. So you best believe your boy ate five hot dogs for dinner. <laughs> I'm gonna run them shits off. Thanks for reminding me, Ma. Uh, so we're gonna. So we she watched. She put a happy face. So we watched basically. Not even thing. an emoji. I haven't been like in the, the mood. Like the colon and parentheses happy I ha- face. She doesn't know how to use an emoji. Her phone doesn't get emoji. She doesn't know how to spell emoji. Actually, that's probably a shoot. She probably doesn't know how to spell emoji. Um, I haven't been in the mood to like do anything besides just watch movies after I'm done working and, yeah. and doing whatever. And you so we especially pl- don't want to talk to me. We haven't played. Well, I know this is why this is so. Diff- this is nine minutes. I will never get back. I uh, haven't felt like playing games or doing anything else. Just want to sit with you and watch movies and enjoy. So we watched next week's episode yesterday. We watched Promising Young Woman on Monday, Monday. and we watched today's movie on Sunday. So, today's movie is His Girl Friday from the Criterion Collection. I believe this movie is... From the 1940s. 80 It's from 1940. years old? It's from 1940. Oh. <laughs> it says right I forgot, there, I forgot they have it on the spine. Leave me alone. Um, it was a cone. Uh, go ahead and read the package. And so, I'm going to just point this out that we, you know, we go back and forth. We have a competition of who messes up the most and... The back of the box is my turn to read His Girl Friday, and it's so freaking long. And Mullet has the next one, which is two sentences. No, it's one sentence. Oh, great. Rich could read this for the whack pack. Great. <clears throat> also, note, I have oh, been sick. Oh, fuck off. You've had a bullshit cold. Sorry, I can't help you with notes on Apple Watch. Yeah, shut up, Siri. <laughs> Tell me what my... Heart rate is. <clears throat> His Girl Friday. Don't look over here. One of the fastest, funniest, and most quotable films ever made. His Girl Friday stars Rosalind Russell as reporter Hildy Johnson, a standout among cinema's powerful women. Hildy is matched in force only by her conniving but charismatic editor and ex-husband, Walter Burns, played by the peerless Cary Grant, who dangles the chance for her to scoop her fellow news writers with the story of an impending execution in order to keep her 
from hopping the train that's supposed to take her to Albany and a new life as a housewife. Well, <laughs> when adapting, damn it, there's one. Ben hiked. That's right. I have no idea, so I'll just give it to you. I would say hacked, but I'd say hiked. Uh, H-E-C-H-T. Hiked. Hecked. I say hacked. We'll, we'll review Hiked. It. Mm-hmm. And Charles MacArthur's smash hit play, The Front Page, director Howard Hawks had the inspired idea of turning star reporter Hildy Johnson into a woman. And the result is an immortal mix of hard-boiled newsroom setting with ubulant remarriage <laughs> comedy. That's three. <laughs> no, it's not. It's only two. You said immortal instead of immortal. Immortal. Say it again. Immortal. Okay, so that's two. Also presented here is a brand new restoration of the 1931 film The Front Page. Which we did not watch. Lewis Millstone's famous pre-code adaptation of the same material. What? You said Millstone. It's Milestones. Uh, (laughs) Fuck. Three. You didn't finish reading it. Yes, I did. Oh, you did? Okay. So that's three. That we know There's of. There's a whole nother paragraph. Well, no, that's just the Blu-ray special features. Yeah, because you messed up uh, You messed up milestones. Okay, shut up. You messed up. Uh, I don't think I messed up that much more. I, I, I messed up. You messed up milestones. You messed up the... Uh, where, where, Ebulent. Ebulent. And you also you, no, that's and it. You messed up, no, you messed up impending execution. No, I didn't. Yeah, you, you paused and you, you messed it up. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. You the tape, but it's only two. It was three. I, you two. literally left and went, damn it. That, that counts. That's, that's the third one. No, I went, damn it, after Ben hiked. No, that was you did it before. No, I didn't. I said, when adapting, damn it, Ben hiked, because I knew I was going to struggle with that last name. Oh, okay. I misunderstood then. Never mind. I thought you messed up the so adapting. I only That's had what two. it was. I still think it's three, but. It's two. Alexa, who wrote the play The Front Page? The Front Page was written by Ben Hecht and Charles McCarthy. Hecht. That's three. It's not fair. Sorry, I'm having trouble. I mean, just know Please how to just know how to read trial. names. So, uh, one of those that you just kind of hear about, you know, being a fan of movies, and you know, me being a fan of the Criterion's and needing to pick up sometimes a, a fourth or a second movie to make a deal work is why I picked this up. I actually think I thought this was a different movie <laughs> when I bought it. And you oh. had never like. This doesn't count against me, but always remember that they have like a little prelude sense. This oh, is literally wow. in like four point font, so that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's, that's fine. come on. You're fine. So, um, knew nothing about it before I we started watching didn't, it. I know you didn't, which is funny. I, I did. What did you know about this movie? Rare. They talk about this movie in Dawson's Creek. I knew all about oh, this movie. Really? Up. Yeah, they talk about this movie in Dawson's Creek. What do they talk about? Well, they, uh, there's a scene Why where Dawson and Joey are watching this movie, and like it's kind of like because Joey's his girl Friday because there's the whole love. Joey's triangle. Joshua Jackson. No, Joey's Katie Holmes, short for Josephine, but she goes by Joey because she's a tomboy. Come on, man. I thought you were in on your pop culture. I thought the last time we recorded, you said you didn't need to know anything about pop culture. You know everything about pop culture. I worked for like 10 hours, and I, I don't just got the fuck. biggest fucking headache just having to wrap my head around the bullshit you just said. 
Well, because Dawson, Pacey, and Joey were in a love triangle. And this movie was supposed to represent that. <clears throat> Whatever. <laughs> so you knew about this movie because they I mean, watched I, it. Yeah, but, I mean, like, they didn't go in detail on it. It was just mentioned. It was from the 1940s. It was gotcha. in black and white. Like, I knew that. Now, you were not really, in my opinion, from what we've done on the podcast, a fan of older movies like this. It's not true. I, I'm, I, I like The Wizard of Oz, one of my favorite movies, older than this. Mm-hmm. Gone with the Wind, older than this. But those are like tent poles, like okay. biggest movies of all time. And? No, you're, you're right. I'm not yeah. a huge fan. <laughs> Shit me. Well, because like we did, what, what we do, we did some Chaplin movies, and I'm not a mm-hmm. huge fan of that. Um, not, I, I think I've said before, I'm not a big fan of black and white. Some of the larger, older movies that we've done, Seven Samurai, things like that. Not, Twelve Angry Men. Yeah, yeah. Not, uh, the Killing, even. Not completely up my alley. Uh, this, I loved this movie. This was very good. This was so good. I th- I'm going to make a, a, an odd declaration here. Oh, gosh. That I think this might be, in this podcast history, the most I've heard you laugh in, during a movie. Nuh-uh. I don't think I've ever heard you laugh as much in a movie we watch for this podcast as you did while watching this. I don't think that's true. I honestly think it's because you're not really like an out loud like belly laugher, even at just in general. But particularly in movies that like you've rewatched or like even new movies, like it's sometimes hard to gauge if you do and do not like a movie. Particularly well, because I try not, I try not to, I try not to give it away to you. Try not to, to give it away. I don't want. I don't want to influence. Stifling laugh. What a great way to watch movies, man. This movie's hilarious. I'm just wanna, gonna hold this shit in. I don't want to influence your scoring. In- Samantha, there's not a goddamn thing on planet Earth you could influence me in. That's not true. That's yeah, pretty true. That's not true. But this one. That's you, like the meanest thing you've ever said. And this one, you just didn't hold back. Like you were laughing out loud uh, on many occasions. And it was warranted. This is a very funny movie. It's a funny movie. Um, and and I think also I, I have a different kind of uh, repertoire with this movie because I did public relations and reporting class and stuff like that. So it's a little different, too. I, I think if you have no like or desire for journalism, it doesn't hit the same way. Uh, Excuse me. I think it definitely helps, but I don't think it would overall hurt because I think also a lot of the comedy just comes from the the... <laughs> frenetic pace and the slapstick screwball nature of it Mm -hmm. and also the relationships and the characters behind it i think i think the reporting and like the 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 media aspect of it i think is minor compared to those um yeah it's you don't get this like now so uh, so my favorite piece of research from this movie from imdb uh the old standard for scripting is you're going to allow basically a page per minute of screen time. I don't know what that normally translates, but what IMDb said was that usually about 90 words per minute are spoken on screen Mm -hmm. on average, particularly at this time. This movie on average has 240 words a minute. And it it feels it. 
It was insane how fast-paced it was. You have dialogue. But that's the way that my brain moves. Like, my brain moves that fast sometimes. So I could, You have dialogue you know. crossing over other dialogue, characters talking over other characters. It feels so realistic. Yeah, it feels so genuine. like, maddening in the right, the right ways, trying to keep up with these characters that are trying to keep up with what is happening in mm-hmm. their lives. Mm-hmm. So, essentially, mm-hmm. the, the, the box does a pretty good job, all Criterions do, um, uh, of a very popular and well-respected reporter is getting married and she goes to tell her boss, her ex-husband, that she is leaving. And throughout, through unscrupulous means... He doesn't want her to remarry, so he does anything he can... To avoid her leaving. To stop it. And it leads into them trying to uh, cover this story of a uh, potential execution and political corruption around said execution. And it it unfurls in all kinds of hilarious ways. Yeah, hijinks after hijinks after hijinks. And... It, it it just and you can it definitely just you can definitely tell you can feel the energy that it came from the theater like you can see this it's what yes three locations you have the news you room. have the, the the newsroom you have the, like the diner or like the the restaurant and then you have the media room the press room. The press room. Like you don't. Mm-hmm. They don't go anywhere else. Well, yeah. Oh, and then the, the jail. Fort, that's like like they're hardly like in anything. The jail for and a then scene. the mayor's office, right? The mayor's office for a scene. But that's it. There's three core. Like all those scenes could have taken place off, off stage. Mm-hmm. What, like technically. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so they're you're confined within these walls. You're confined within these three walls because you're still watching through the TV, and you are still. Like, watching, you still feel like you're watching these performers doing this in one take in front of you, hitting their marks, and and remembering everything. And I think a lot of that has to do with the charisma that they exude. I think that the casting was perfect. Oh, it was great. Absolutely. Now, it is jarring at first. And I didn't know what to think throughout the first scene, because it's like, hold the fuck on. Like, this is too much. Like, I, I didn't necessarily like Cary Grant at first. Because he was like the motor, like the micro machines guy, like talking like crazy. And then, of course, that settle he settles in later. But also, you settle into like a better understanding of why that is what it is, particularly through his characters being like this likable shyster, essentially almost. Don't say that word. Why? It's a bad word. Shyster. It's mean. Is it? Yes. I never knew that. Really? Yes. Towards, like, your people? <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know. There used to be a wrestler, IRS, Erwin R. Scheister, and I thought it was just, like, a, a scheming guy, but it's... Yeah, he's it's probably pro- anti-Semitic. Oh, it's Mike Rotunda. That's Bray's dad. Leave him alone. Uh, really? Yeah. But I specifically, I, I thought it was just meaning not derogatory towards uh, a certain, like, religion. I thought it was just, like, a common thing for people that were maybe, you know, Underhanded, but it's 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 to towards the Jews. They're unscrupulous, fraudulent, or deceptive. Right, but it doesn't say anything about Jews, does it? Uh, or is it the second definition? It's I mean, what you just said. Definition two: it's Jews. A, it's, a, it's a German word. I think that's probably. Why oh, I, got it, got it, got it. it. Probably okay. why I. Uh... Oh shit! Yeah, I get it. Okay, uh, but anyway, so. Like once you figure out who he is, then well, yeah, then then of course it it makes sense. Um, but he's also great at being like three different people once. Cause he's like so nice to Bruce 
And right like, off the bat. Like, right yeah. off the bat, like, he's so different, and it's really funny. Um, and then you have this wonderful juxtaposition, particularly for its time, for 1940, mm-hmm. of this strong, intelligent... Uh, the kind of woman everyone loves, everyone wants to be. Right, like she's one of the guys, but she's also respected for her femininity and her and, beauty, and she's her beautiful, humor. and she's smart. She keeps up yeah. with them, like like she is a revelation. She's my personal MVP of the movie. I, I think she's really wonderful. I also think Cary Grant is really. I think Cary Grant is great. I think he's really good in this. I don't think, especially at this time. I think I read that they wanted like Clark Gable to do this. And Couldn't stuff like I don't that. see it. I don't see it. Don't see it. I don't see someone else being able to pull off this charming asshole. You weren't alive in the 1940s, so exactly. you couldn't have done it. It's true. But my you mother wish wasn't alive. Cary Grant. Oh. For all, all of them except like half of the last year. Um, I wish I wish I could be Cary Grant. I would be cool as fuck. Cary Grant's the best. So here, so we can get into it a little bit later on, but. I'm not having preconceived notions impact this, but I guess I kind of expected it with Cary Grant. Whereas, you know, Rosalind Russell, you know, by doing my research, seems like she was an esteemed actress of her time, multi-time Academy Award nominee. Uh, Like, she, like, just kind of bowled me over in that, like, you sadly, in 2021 get that type of role and that type of performance from a female just based off of the system. It happens more nowadays. Sure does. But I still feel like it is so rare. So it happening in 1941 and her like going back and forth and answering phones like crazy and like like using physical comedy to run back and forth and project like such an aura about herself. That was more value to me in my enjoyment of the movie than Cary Grant doing what I expected Cary Grant to do, which was still crush it. Mm-hmm. That was how I made that differentiation. Whereas, yeah, he was perfect, but she was perfect f- verbally, uh, physically, emotionally, verbally, all of it. Mm-hmm. So we we can we as we talk more I about mean, the movie, okay. we we can argue through it. Uh, there's ultimately no wrong answer. Yeah, those there two. really is. Um, but. And it also tackles, like, it's kind of like this, like, present movie, right? Like, it's happened a lot. So, um, you didn't watch Mank, but Mank, which basically take place during the same time period, um, also goes into political corruption in the media and uh, political corruption for the means of... Oh, what's the phrase I'm looking for? To as a means to an end, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, it 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 just shows that 81 years ago, it was still a goddamn fucking thing. It hasn't gotten better. It hasn't gotten better. It hasn't gotten better well, since then. Well, essentially, hopefully it did. T- hopefully it did starting today. Well, but, yes, but yeah. but you know, one moment you can have this pretty like crazy zany, you know, like or even like this chummy. Uh, press room, you know, like scene, and the next minute you have this like uncomfortable, still silence over um, the Molly character, who is basically she's basically like one of those like chicks that's obsessed with serial killers. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> but she does a good job mm-hmm. at showing the emotion behind the decision and and it kind of jarring the room, right? And how what they're writing affects real people. Yeah, um, the movie is good about. 
you know, finding picking their spots to get a little serious, right. but then also get a little get well, a little nutty. Even with like in the the scene between the mayor, the sheriff, and then the guy who was bringing the reprieve the from the governor, server, basically. Yeah, the process petty server. bone. I mean, I think like there was a lot like that was a comedic character. Oh yeah. But the scene is he brings a reprieve for the guy who's going to be executed, and the mayor and the sheriff are like. No, you never came here. They bribe him because if they execute him, it it basically ensures that they'll be reelected yeah. because the vote is in a few days. And so it's scary how like appropriate it was and this mm-hmm. is 80 years ago, like yeah. insane. So, I mean, but that character brought humor to that serious situation of something that happened. So and could still be happening sure. today in small towns. I'm oh, sure. Oh, sure, absolutely. We talked about adding this award a couple years ago, and we forgot about it. And I think it's going to be difficult to track throughout the year, so I'm still fine, like, nixing it ultimately. But I really wish we did have, for the Mullet Awards, which you can vote on now for the year 2020, arcadeaudio.net slash the mullets, we had, a, like, a best that guy or a best... Un, unsung hero, like a best, a best six man of the year, whatever you want to call it. Like I remember we talked about it when we were watching like the Rocky movies and how much we love Duke, uh, Tony Burton's character. And like in every movie, he got like one scene and just fucking crush a monologue. Yes. And then like he doesn't do enough to get MVP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we like, did like, talk about this. Like, like, like this Pettibone guy. He's in two scenes. But he and he's fucking hysterical. He's great. Same thing with uh, same thing with uh, Louie, who was like uh, who was uh, Cary Grant's character's like fixer basically. Think of him oh, as like yeah, yeah. a con- a comedic. Guido, Mike Ehrman trout. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it, it, his scenes were so funny. So, like, like, so at one point... Uh, oh, yeah, you're not so bad yourself, boss. Well, like, well, there was one, so, like, there's two, like, things that I legitimately, like, bust out laughing for. Um, Bruce's mom... Uh, oh, who's, my God. ...who, uh, that's uh, Hildy's husband she's trying to go away with, and he continues well, to get arrested. Fiance, yeah. Fiance. Uh, he keeps getting arrested by these different means by Cary Grant's character setting him up. And his mother gets involved because he is they're supposed to like go, go on the train. Go to Albany to go get together, married. Together to go get married. So she like somehow them. tracks down Hildy at the press room and uh is it Walter Burns? Walter Burns right Walter. Walter Burns, uh Cary Grant's character, has Louie come in to like whisk her away. And Louie just goes up to her and just goes, um, like, Louie, whatever, man. Nice to meet you. And just picks her up and just runs her out of the room. So funny. It's so out of nowhere. It's but unexpected. It's so perfect. It's it, so it, funny. It adds so much because to it's, it. Because it's during such a heightened scene where, like, they have the story at their fingertips. The the the, the person that's on death row has escaped now. And is, they are hiding in a desk in the press room while they're trying to run the story and avoid any other people coming in there. So him just removing that distraction is hilarious. The other it's one great. I liked is when he's on the phone talking to his uh, his copy editor or his assistant, whatever it may be, and they're going through how to like finagle the front page and finagle the newspaper. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, around like this story. Like, that's get this be, out. Like yeah, take, take like, this like away. this is going to be front page. Like I think is what oh like the earthquake in uh, Bermuda. Like forget it. Nobody cares. Like going through yada yada yada. And then finally like there's a beat and he goes 
well, no, leave the rooster story alone. That's human interest. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's good. I like also the so line. funny. There's a scene where there's like this, I guess she's a prostitute. Um, I guess, yeah. I guess she's a prostitute. And then this Louis character, um, Hildy confronts him about, about her getting Bruce, who's her fiancé, arrested. And Louis says, she says, oh, you and your albino. And he says, She's no albino. She's born right here in this country. And I died laughing at that. I just thought it was so funny. Like, the humor from this time, when it's done right, like it was in this movie, there's, like, there's no comparing it. It's just, they're so quick. Like, they're These things still hit when they're good. Yes, they're really, really well done. Um, Even, there was even, like, a great, like, fourth wall-breaking joke. So, at one point, early on in the movie... Uh, I think like after the first scene, I didn't catch on until the very, very end. Uh, I forget who Walter Burns is talking to, but somebody asks him or Hildy might answer it like, you know, oh, like what does Bruce look like? And he's like, oh, he's like a Walt, a Walt Ralph Bellamy looking guy. Yeah. That, the actor is Ralph Bellamy. Yeah. <laughs> so they acknowledge in the scope of the movie that this actor exists and they uh, they referenced the actor. He was a famous actor at the time. Yeah, and he was a famous actor. He was uh, one of the, him and Don Amici in Trading Places in the 80s and in Coming to America. Mm-hmm. He's one of the old guys that uh, his character comes back uh, from those to one, one movie to another. So, he, yeah, he's been an actor for, you know, you figure that scope, like 40, 50 years, like a big, yeah. important name. Um, so, but, the, but then the reference him in the movie... So when funny. he's in the movie is just hilarious that's to me. That's funny. And like that's the kind of thing that would happen like now, right? So I feel like this movie was ahead of its time in a lot of what it was doing. Yes. Um so we've had a lot of gushing. Is there anything you necessarily didn't like about the movie? No, not that I can name. So I mean, I didn't like well, no, that's not true. I didn't like Molly acting-wise, but as a character I, I felt know, necessary. Yeah, it felt unnecessary. I see why they put it in to have, like you said, that that emotion, that heart piece of it, juxtaposed against the um, journalists who are very, like, straight to the point, you mm-hmm. know, not, they don't have a lot of emotion, they spin their just stories. Just the facts, you know? Well, just the facts, but... Every time that they would get on the phones and like relay the oh, facts, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. it would get M- more, more and more, more outrageous. They would stretch, stretch some of it, stretch mm-hmm. the definitions of words to the nth degree, correct, for their own personal spin and the hottest take, take that's on the sell. story, yeah, correct. Yeah. So, so I see. I know why. I know that was the reason for that character. I just didn't think it was necessary. Yeah, um, I agree. So I think that was my least favorite part. But otherwise, I thought it was. Great dialogue, great humor, great acting. I mean, I, I, I don't know. What about you? You know, um, yes, I agree <laughs> with that. I already mentioned my problems with the pace. There are times where it gets just a little too much. Like, you gotta peel it back at a certain point because it does get hard to track and follow. Because also, you figure... This is the 40s, so you got just a title card at the beginning, uh, and you got credits at the very <laughs> end that are hardly anything. So it's a straight, like, 90 minutes of just bam, 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 bam. You're not really breaking for, you know, montages, or you're not breaking for, like, some of the more modern tropes. You were 
words. <laughs> words flying <laughs> all over my face throughout words this. Words on the side so, of the So, like, taking more seconds to breathe would have been nice. Um, that's pr- And there was one performance I thought hurt the overall movie um, in terms of its importance. Uh... I didn't. I didn't like the. Uh, I didn't like the, the the guy that was on death row. Yeah. The murderer. I thought he kind of played it like almost like too like dumb. Yeah. Like I, I don't know if we were supposed to think that he was like mentally challenged because the whole point is that uh, him killing this police officer was an accident. He, you know, he had a malfunction with the the weapon that he was handling. And he accidentally shot the uh, the police officer. I believe it was a peace o- police officer was black. I believe. Yeah, that, that was the whole point that they yeah. were going to execute him so they could get the black vote. Right. The mayor and the sheriff. So another another layer is to this right. being topical. Right. Um. But to me, it felt like they were trying to play it up that like he was incompetent. Well, the whole thing was well, the whole point of the psychiatrist and stuff like that was sane versus insane. Right. Was trying to figure out it was he sane. They all said he's sane because he kept saying he was sane. So if he's sane, they can hang him because Mm -hmm. he knew what he was doing. The whole thing was he's insane, and that's what Hildy kind of uncovered. Um, with her conversation and everything like that, because he blacked out, I guess, for a moment. The, the purpose is, like, he had been working at the same job for 14 years, and he got let go, and couldn't get work anywhere yeah. else, and um, was having a real hard time. So, you know, that, that that's kind of a little bit of that background, yeah. but I think, like, it was supposed to be ambiguous as to whether he was sane or not, sure. but... Yeah, he lent more towards the mentally incompetence, sometimes seemingly... Um, yeah, I just like the way he played it, so when his scenes came up, I, I didn't know how to feel or, or what to how, how to react to them. So I was more so like, just keep him on the fucking desk. Like, I don't want to have him be involved, because when he kind of pops up or peeks in, you know, I am dwelling on that. I'm not in, like, the fun of the movie. Sure. Um, so he'd be my personal LVP. Well, I was I was gonna shoot for Molly. I just thought she was so. Is that the character or the performance? I think the performance, but I don't know. I don't know if I could distinguish it. The reason why I would fight for the guy that played Earl Williams over the girl that played Molly is because of the impact that she has in the after effects of that first scene where she kind of barrels in and the, yeah. the newsroom is left, you know, reeling from it. I would definitely agree with you in her second appearance where she jumps out the fucking window. Um, and then she just lives. For whatever She reason. lives! <laughs> They're like, she's okay! Um, for, yeah, for whatever reason. Again, that's more of a, uh, that's more of a, uh, a writing issue than I think than a performance issue. Yeah. So, um, so we'll go with Earl Williams then? Yes. All right, so the actor's name is John Quaylen. Or Qualen. John Quaylen. Jaquelin. Um, for all you Keen Peel fans out there. Is your LVP Ohio State. Of the movie. Uh, he's known for being in The Grapes of Wrath. He is, oh man, Canadian-American character actor of Norwegian heritage who specialized in Scandinavian roles. What a background this fucking guy had. What a specific... Jesus. Role. 
Uh, while we're on the subject, uh, hey, if you got sentenced to death, how would you want to be uh, executed? <laughs> you what? had to pick one. So let's say you. I killed you, and you then killed they me, kill and they me. and they sent you to to mm. to die. How would you want to go? Granted, like there's only like two ways nowadays. Yeah, but... no lethal injection. Don't know. Man, that's spooky to me. I don't know why. What What do you want? You want to be in the electric chair, and they forget the sponge? Like, what do you want? I know it's not how it works anymore. Yeah, but... it's not how it works anymore. And I don't know. I don't know. It's okay. You would never be on death row because I'd kill you before you do anything. I think like, like, hanging might be all right because like that's like immediate. That's no, like it's not. Not. I thought always. it was. Well, they do it right. Right, but they don't. That's why they were practicing so much. Okay, come on. Uh, yeah, with my luck, I'd snap the fucking rope, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's right. My last meal was nine boxes of mac and cheese. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I forgot to tell you to add more rope. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess put a needle in my arm. That's fine. <laughs> All right, so let's settle this MVP debate. I mean, I don't think anyone else could have done either one of the roles. I think it's a really tough decision. And they have so much chemistry together. They played off each other so well. They really do. And that's that's a funny thing this movie accomplishes is, you know, just through the passion of their work. Yes. Like, they just find that they are still in love with each other and they're still meant to be. Mm-hmm. They're, they don't even kiss still, do they? Like, they, like there's not a single kiss, I think, At in the, the movie. End. Do they? At the end. I don't remember that. Um, I think. But, and then, like... They just, like, announce it and say it, like, right then and there that, you know, oh, they broke the story. They were going to get arrested and tried for, like, kidnapping. And then, of course, Pettybone comes back and and says that he can't do what the mayor and the sheriff told him to do. He saves the day. That's a bribe. The mayor, yeah, the, ma- the mayor has, has to turn around and be like, oh, well, th- thank this guy for saving this man's life. They run the story. And Walter calls in and says that, you know, they're going to go on their second honeymoon. He just decides that they're getting back together. And, of course, she's fine with it. Because prior to that, she kind of had a breakdown about how she just can't Not marry be a Bruce. person. But, like, it's... Well, it's also, like, that she also couldn't marry Bruce. Like, he is the antithesis of that role and that life and that job. He yeah. is just a boring. calm, boring, nice guy. And what she does is not calm or boring or nice. And that's that, and she's good at it, and that's what she has to be. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of like a ballsy thing for a movie in the forties to do. It like, really is. Like, I feel like nowadays that movie would be like, oh, but he's really a good guy, and that's who she should be with, and he didn't do anything wrong, and they'll just be friends, and they'll work it out, and yada yada yada. No, this movie's like, nah, like that guy's, you know, up shit's creek. Like, <laughs> he doesn't get out of prison at the end. <laughs> like, is he still in jail for for just being a good guy? Yeah. And life is just going to go right back to where it was for her because they're already going to have their honeymoon in working Albany. a story in and Albany that, anyway. that was so funny, that ending where, hey, you think uh, you think Bruce will put us up? Like, that was a really <laughs> great ending. I love that. I cracked up at that, too. I just love that ending. I thought it was so but, well. I just thought the timing of everything was perfect. I thought it was really well written. Yeah, the movie Which makes sense because it's from a play. The movie doesn't do anything to, like, really redeem... <coughs> Walter Burns at all. No. But because of he's so charismatic and he's so, like, really harmless. Like, he's... Well, in, like, his intentions... At one point they thought the mom was dead, but... <laughs> yeah, but his intentions are because he loves her. Yeah. And he just wants her back and wants her to stay in his life and everything like that. I mean, 
it's really sweet underneath all of the uh, counterfeit money and prostitution and stealing Stolen the watch. watches. Yeah. Yeah, it is. it is. And um, then bribing that other newsman and then saying, <laughs> I forgot with the poetry, tell him his poetry stinks and kick him to the curb. That'll teach him to quit without proper <laughs> Putting notice. Putting a notice. Like, that, like, he's just a fun guy. <sighs> yeah, oh, fuck. All right, I think you swayed me. Let's go with Cary Grant. But Rosalind Russell's so she's good. so she's so great. She's so great, and she just has this aura about her. And I was like, oh, she's like the exactly. So I, I'm portrayed of t- I'm the of type two of woman minds about that it. Everyone wants to be. I'm of two minds about it. Like I said earlier, like I don't know how many characters like this have really ever existed for females in film over the course of so long because it's, it's an underdeveloped territory. Um, so if I look at value, I don't know who else could really do it. My counter to that would now be, I don't really know who the actresses were at the time. Sure. So is that a positive or negative? Whereas, like, like we already said, like, all right, you had Clark Gable at the time, you had Humphrey Bogart, you had, you know, other people that were kind of on that Cary Grant level. Yeah. Um, Spencer Tracy. Like, I, I know of other people that could do it. Could any of them have done it as well as Cary Grant? That's a whole other argument. But he had contemporaries. That at least that we know of. I know that there are other people. You know, I'm sure that you know you have your Lauren Bacalls and your um, Betty Davises well, and whatever. Like Ginger whatever Rogers was offered the role, sure, and turned it down. I I don't think I've ever seen her act in anything. I'm sure you have. I'm sure I have, yeah. but not memorably. So I guess um, I'm trying to see. I don't see really anyone else in here that. Was um <clears throat> up for the role, so I'm not sure. Also, well, like, what news of that really occurred back in the day? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Jean Arthur. I don't know who that is. I have no idea. You're just saying fucking first no, and last uh, names. Other now. actresses who also turned on the role were Carol Lombard, Margaret Sullivan, Claudette Colbert, and Irene Dunn. I mean... Sure. I mean... Yeah, you're right. Like, I don't really know any other contemporaries of Rosalind Russell's at the time. So I'll put the ball in your court. Oh, man. I, I, I had my answer, and you started to sway me. Well, then you started to sway me, so... I don't know. Can we give it to both of them? Nope. We have a rule. You can set the other one aside for 12 months from now when they, you nominate them for the Mullet Award for Should Have Been MVP. And they'll get no votes, because no one will remember we've watched this, unfortunately, because our fans are uncultured swines. That's right. You heard me. I see your votes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Now I now I don't know. Now I'm torn. I don't know. I'm fine either way. Me, me too. Now I really don't know. Who is more valuable? Hildy's to- the. So let's go with Rosalind she, Russell. She is. She the, drives everything. She drives everything. So let's go with Rosalind Russell. That prevents Cary Grant from being a two-time MVP. That sucks. He'll get there. We have we have more. Um, she is just a, a just a a ball. It's like 
as much as I want to see Cary Grant movies now, of course. Like, her yeah. is like, oh, my God, why couldn't you be around now? Right, like, right. you're crushing this. Exactly. And then we went to the, um, we went to the store, uh, to Barnes & Noble, mm-hmm. and I just kept seeing Cary Grant books. I'm like, oh, I want this book. I want this book. I just, like... Where are my Rosalind Russell books? I know. I said Russell Westbrook, I think, on accident. Fuck <laughs> Russell Westbrook. What else on his Girl Friday? So as I mentioned, uh, I did not know that this, uh, I didn't notice at first, that this came with the movie version of the front page, the play that the uh, this movie adaptation is based off of. So we added it to the box. It could come out right now. That would be the craziest coincidence of all time. But um, we will be tackling this subject matter again sometime in the near future. There's a lot of good featurettes on here. Yeah. So on top of the restoration... Um, uh, scholar, scholar interviews, archival interviews with Howard Hawks, featurettes about Rosalind Russell and the making of the movie, the radio adaptation from 1940, trailers, yeah, some good stuff. You need to actually, like, uh, watch the, the extras on the Criterion Collection. Yeah, we, we really should. I mean, that's the whole point. Same thing, I should watch The Ones of the Killing. This is our second straight, uh, random selection Criterion movie, so we'll see if we draw a third one here. Do you have anything else you'd like to add for his Girl Friday? No, I think we talked a lot about it. I, I mean, I absolutely loved it. Yeah, if, if you I were, thought it was so great. If you are a fan of classic mm-hmm. cinema and want to see kind of like the, the genesis of, yeah. of romantic comedies without mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. them being chick flicks or definitely yeah. being focused on the romance part of it. I agree. But also on just, you know eras of comedy this is perfect screwball slapstick smart it's witty great. comedy it's just so great and i'm so mad that i hadn't watched it before i'm right. so mad that i myself that i never yeah. watched it because it's a really good great movie i drew it so i get to score it first um i'm gonna up my score a little bit from talking to you because i realized that the things i didn't like weren't that big Right. Um, and, like, nitpicks that I had earlier on, like some of the pace of Cary Grant and the first scene and trying to follow what's going on really settles and gets into a groove the last, like, 45, 50 minutes of the movie. So I'm going to go with an eight and a half. Oh, wow. Really? Yes. What are you going with? A nine. You're going with a nine? Yeah. Okay. I a really liked it. Good. A good first year... For good good start. A good start. We have had a 9.25 and an 8.75 to start the year. Bring on the meteor. <laughs> so, well, spoiler alert, that's going to come crashing to a halt next week. <laughs> We're going to be back to a regularly scheduled crap fest. So, uh, a 8.75. 8.75 for His Girl Friday. Fi- yeah. Wow. I have to put that back on the shelf instead of pack it away because it's got the other movie in it, which we could pull at any moment. Mm-hmm. So now, Samantha, it is your turn to reach in the box and draw something. So, of course, next week we have my random movie in honor of the Royal Rumble, Body Slam. Then our next wrap-it-up selection, The Incredibles 2. And then uh, probably in the next couple weeks we'll uh, talk about some of the other movies we're doing. So this will be our episode that airs. Uh, this will be like our Valentine Day-ish episode. What are we hoping for? Oh, I don't know. Okay. Just... Give me something. Oh, boy. 
Don't know what it is, which is always great. No, I do know what it is. What is it? I just was hoping we would stay on the good movie run, but it looks like we're going to have a bad movie run because our next movie is The Fan. Ooh, not The Fanatic. The Fan. You know what The Fan is? No. Who is in The Fan? I don't know. It is Robert De Niro and Wesley Snipes, a Tony Scott movie. Uh, Basically, it is the sports version of The Fanatic. This was this has been on my list for quite some time to nominate. It is a notorious movie for being <coughs> a totally crazy, random, odd flop. Particularly for Wesley Snipes at the peak of his powers and Robert De Niro being one of the greatest living actors at the time. Cool! It Great. Is, it is going to be something. <laughs> Great. It is going to be something. The fan... Man, that's almost exactly to the day of when we watched The Fanatic. Hold on, when we watched The Fanatic, I want to say it was early. The Fanatic was uh, April 10th. Oh, okay, so a little bit. So it's not too far. Ten months removed. Yeah. Just wait until 2022 when we watch F. You know you should do comedy, you're so funny. Crack yourself up. Oh, I'm so fucking funny. Really Thank you for worse. listening to this week's episode of Married with Movies. We encourage you, as always, to go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others on our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. As I mentioned, arcadeaudio.net slash the mullets. Uh, as of right now, you have about four or five weeks left to get those votes in for the best and the worst of 2020 in the movies that we watched here for the podcast. Follow um, and support the show on patreon.com slash arcadeaudio for bonus content. Still deciding what our next uh, Patreon series is going to be after we said fuck it to Stacked. Follow me on Instagram at your At Jam with your Sam. At your host. You can at least wait until like, I finish my name. Like, it's rude. At your host, Mullet38 for my show, Box and Friends, because I'm raising money for charity. Stop cheating and look at the I'm box. I'm not. I, you do it all the time. No, I, just... I fix the, the cards and make sure that there's nothing that I can take out. Stop it! I'm mixing them up. Ugh. Uh, I show off my collectibles every single time I purchase them. And I leave it alone. And I raise money at the same time. Um, also, my retro diary, arcadeaudio.net slash podbloggle. Podbloggle. What? It's your podbloggle. These things are important and serious. I know. So I'd appreciate if you didn't talk over them so people can actually hear what I'm saying. I repeated it so they knew what it was. No, it's a pod blog. No, you mumble. That's why you're losing the reading bet by five fucking things. Arcadeaudio.net slash podbloggle. Thank you. And my podcast, Podbloggle. I would have died if you had just, like, fucked up saying it. You're like, from now on I do the plugs, can you, like, take a dump or something? Just, like, leave the room. Podswoggle is wrapping up its limited run. We have two episodes left, and we will be going back in retirement. Do you have anything to plug? You need to make some phone calls? You need to call your people? Finish that scene. Pass. <laughs> no, I'm actually past the bad part. It's fine. That's the end of it. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything? No, I don't. Of course Why not. Do any final thoughts? For Mullet. Mrs. Mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. My Girl Friday. 
don't know if that's an insult or a compliment. I have no idea what that meant. <laughs> no, his girl Friday means it's like um, like like the right hand man, like the person who does everything, like mm-hmm. you know. So that's actually a compliment. Well, so you are my girl Friday. Yeah, but you better not have any other girls. I'm your girl Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every day. Call out of Monday, call out of Tuesday. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at ArcadeAudio.net.